Hi, I'm Major Jackson. I am the host of The Slowdown. I am a poet and a professor, and I collect vintage radios. Some people had TVs in every room. We had radios in every room. My grandmother, my southern-born grandmother, loved to listen to gospel music. My grandfather had his equivalent of CNN, which was 24-hour news radio. And my mother, as you can tell, I grew up in a multi-generational home. My mother loved to listen to R&B and classical rock. I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that turns to chefs and home cooks with a big question in mind. What is their one? That recipe they adore so much they could wax poetic about it. Of course, some people wax more poetic than others. And this week, we have a champion, Major Jackson. Major is a poet, a professor, and the host of The Slowdown, a podcast that offers listeners a poem and a moment of reflection in each episode. He's authored six books of poetry, and as an academic, he's received more honors than I have time to list. So instead, I'll let you hear him in action. Major, it's so great to have you. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Jesse. I'm talking to a legend. <laughs> Thank you. It's such, such a pleasure to talk to you. I feel like so much of your work has focused on how you relate to the world, how we all relate to each other and ourselves. And it often brings in the autobiographical, but you haven't always had the chance to explore a ton about food. Is there a poet that you love who really explores food? That is a good question. Funny enough, I'm in search of that poet. <laughs> I'm thinking about <laughs> That's putting together a anthology of poets who make soup. And I'm going to put out a call soon, and I bet you I'm going to get a hundred or more people. Who does not have a relationship to soup? Listen, and if they don't, something is very wrong, and they need to correct it as soon as possible. (laughs) Exactly. So when you're thinking of soup, or just food in general, who are some of the first poets that come to mind? I had dinner with the poet Linda Gregerson, and it was in her home. It's before the pandemic. And she made the most delicious cucumber soup that just blew my mind. And it was at that moment that I thought, okay, okay, I need to do this because clearly poets have hidden talents. And her <laughs> soup just like sent me in in that direction. But who else can I mention here? Poets are very kind of like sensuous, you know, they like to take in the world at its most kind of like sensorium level. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I would I would have to think about that. I know that there's a poem called August, which is about bread. Uh, Sylvia Plath has a poem called Black Burying that is such an amazing poem. Richard Howard also writes about oysters. Jeez, if I recall correctly, Toy Derricotte has a poem about, you ready? I'm ready. Sardines. Ooh, (laughs) so good. (laughs) So are there any meals or restaurants that have inspired your own work? Well, my very first, and I, I wonder if this is the same for everyone, like, 
right after you graduate, you're out in the world and you're kind of busy and you are maybe with your first paycheck, you want to kind of treat yourself and try a restaurant. And that was the case with me in Philadelphia. There was this restaurant on Samson Street called Magnolia Cafe. And in Philadelphia, we had this club called Silk City. And they had a Brat Pack night where everyone dressed like you were, you know, like Sammy Davis Jr. or that whole kind of 50s crew. So me and my friend, before we went back, went to the club, we stopped at the Magnolia Cafe and it was delicious. It was like Cajun Creole outside. They had this, unbeknownst to me, because I hadn't gone to New Orleans by that time yet, but... They had this uh, tree that had beads hanging from it outside, Mardi Gras beads. I love it already, bringing <laughs> a little bit of NOLA up to Philly, which a lot of people are already going to be surprised that you're shouting out a Cajun restaurant that's actually not anywhere near Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was it about this restaurant to you that felt so gripping, that felt so just exciting and wondrous? Well, the restaurant itself, you know, like it had a great, a great environment. It was kind of low lit. Mm-hmm. It had on the wall these posters of famous New Orleans musicians like Buddy Bolden and Louis Armstrong. And my friend and I just like even just took in that aspect of it. But it was like a wonderful way of being indoctrinated into the art of fine dining. I could say that restaurant mm-hmm. turned me into a foodie. In fact, they had this one recipe on the menu called Big Chicken Mamu. And I was so in love with this dish. I went back to this restaurant maybe about four or five times. And that's the only dish that I ordered. I didn't order shrimp etouffee. I ordered Big Chicken Mamu. And I recently talked to the chair of my department in preparation to coming on your show and I was like oh yeah there was this Cajun restaurant in Philadelphia and she was like Magnolia Cafe I was like yeah did you go to it she's at major I work there I was like what are you kidding me (laughs) you work there yeah that's amazing so it's it it had a huge impact uh on me so I was delighted when Ren, one of your producers, got to me, asked me to come on this show, and I was telling him about this dish and how I had been haunted by it because, of course, the restaurant shut down after many years, and I decided I was going to try and find this recipe. So sure enough, I found it in the great Cajun chef Paul Prudhomme's Louisiana Kitchen, and I tried it maybe three or four times over the years, and I could never, ever get it right. And in talking to Ren, Ren found this recipe online. Someone else who had also been a fan of Magnolia Cafe wrote to the local newspaper back, I want to say this looks like it might have been the 80s or 90s, And can I read this? Can I read this? Absolutely. Yo, chefs. This was a column. Yo, chefs. The Magnolia Cafe (laughs) makes one of the most incredible pasta dishes that I have ever had. 
please tell me the recipe. I'm begging. The dish is chicken mamu, and it would make an excellent selection for your readers who like spicy pasta dishes. I was so thrilled to read this because I thought I was the only one who was haunted. <laughs> and I say haunted in, in that good way. You know what I mean? I was just about to say, you were the first person to really make haunting sound <laughs> enticing. Like, you know, maybe, maybe we need to get a little more hauntings going on. But I have to give it up to our, our associate producer, Ren, for how hard he worked to find that recipe. And it sounds like that's your one. Is that right? It is my one recipe, even though I have not mastered it. I have since made it since Ren sent it to me. And I'm closer to that experience of both spice and sweetness that you get with this dish. And I I should say that when I first read the recipe, I didn't know it was named after a city in Louisiana or a small town called Big Mamou. New Orleans has mm-hmm. Mardi Gras Indians, and many of them are named Big Chief like Big Chief Chapatulis, for example, and so I thought it was it was emerging mm-hmm. out of, and this is the this is the the joy of that area, that region of the world that has this great cuisine. It's a mixture of French, Spanish inspired, along with African, along with Hispanic cuisine. So it's just this kind of wonderful uh, melange of culinary traditions. And you can taste it in this particular dish. So talk me through it. What are the major steps? Okay. So you cook the pasta like you would cook any pasta. I will say Chef Prudhomme's recipe calls for spaghetti, but I think you want a pasta Mm -hmm. that is going to hold the sauce rather than kind of slide down. So I, I recommend either penne or fafale, something about that butterfly pasta, I think is great for presentation if you're serving it for friends or family. So there's the pasta, but the real crux of this dish, of course, is the sauce. And it's a mixture of of thyme and basil, red pepper, white pepper. And you start off by, of course, sautéing onions and garlic, throw those spices in there. You want chicken stock. And here's the, I think, the key element. The Worcestershire sauce is, and the Tabasco sauce are really important. Um, I would say a pound of butter, you're going to saute those onions and garlic in. And maybe about four cans of tomato sauce. Once that's going, and that is going to Ooh. simmer for about 40, 40 minutes to about an hour, tasting along the way. Now, the one distinction mm-hmm. between Magnolia Cafe's recipe and uh, Chef Prudhomme's is Chef Prudhomme uses chopped green onions, and that's what I had been doing, and I decided on this go-round not to use those green onions, and I think that made the difference. I'm not sure. I wish I had studied food science to know mm. what those green onions are doing. So while that's simmering, the chicken is going to be kind of cut up into like half-inch cubes, and this is really, really important. The The seasoning mix on the chicken is a combination of white pepper, garlic pepper, cayenne, black pepper, basil, and cumin. 
And in the in the past, I think I I always read that as optional, but this go round, I decided to use it. That too brought me closer to that experience that I initially had that first bite, and that's why I use haunting because. It's almost like you're suddenly like, it's like a Pavlovian moment. Once you have it, you want that experience again. So um, the mm-hmm. big moment is combining all of those elements, the fafale, the sauce, the chicken. The chicken, you're going to, you know, that's going to probably, I would say, maybe about eight to 10 minutes, you know, and saute that the chicken cubes with that uh, seasoning mixture. And seasoning mixture should be like, get your hands in there. Like once you dump the seasoning mix on the chicken, then you just go in that bowl and just mm-hmm. rub it, rub it, rub it, saute eight to 10 minutes, and then put it all together. And normally it'll be ready in about another, I would say like 10 minutes, but I let it simmer for a little bit longer. And man... My joy is that hint of spice that comes through. And I think in the past, I think it's been a little too sweet, but something about that spice cutting against the sweetness, mm, nailed it. It's great. And I think it's also just because you're essentially doing two rounds of seasoning, right? That's right. You're, you're first melting <laughs> that butter and then you're... T- you're just kind of softening the onions and the garlic, and then you're also brightening up and opening up those seasonings just to help them temper a little bit. And then when you add that chicken in, oh, it just makes everything sing and kind of come together, right? Yeah. And if, in fact, when I made it for my wife, she mentioned that. She was like, it's like a roller coaster ride. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, first is that first drop that they do before right. they launch you. And so it's like, I was like, yeah, it's like you, you went into two levels of just like food, joy, pleasure space with this dish. Major, thank you so much for making time. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Major Jackson is a poet and the host of The Slowdown. You can find that recipe for Chicken Big Mamu on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. And hey, if you liked what you heard, you can like and subscribe to both of our podcasts. It makes a world of difference. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Cameron Wiley, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic. <laughs>